This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And good morning, one and all, and what looks like is shaping up to be a pretty darn decent weekend here. Thank you for joining myself, Frank Proctor, and Charlie Dobbin, whom we'll welcome to the airwaves right now from her home in Prince Edward County. Hi, good morning, Charlie. Hey, good morning, Frankie. It is a gorgeous day here. Perfect day. Yeah, temps are going to be around the 22-degree mark. Yeah, that gets a little warm by my standards. I like it when it's in the teens, but uh, the sun is shining, the birds are tweeting, everything's looking very gorgeous. Speaking of the birds, we're going to be having (laughs) a special guest a little bit later on in the show that maybe you can explain. Yeah, Paul Oliver is going to join us. He is a... um, a staff, he's an associate with the Urban Nature Store, and uh, Paul is an expert on birds and all things nature-based. So if you've got questions about feeding birds or what to do, when, where, why, and how, keep those questions for when Paul's with us. But he's also got a kind of a funky, fun uh, promotion running. So listen in to, for Paul and be prepared to go to their, their website, Urban Nature Store, to enter a secret code and win a gift certificate. There you are. Yeah, all sorts of fun and games. Um, <laughs> by the way, uh, I, I told you last week that I put up the bird feeder yeah. and uh, hadn't had a visit in two days when you told me, <laughs> you said, hey, Frankie, come on. Sometimes it's two months. But, well, they arrived uh, in, in slews of numbers. But you know what arrived with them? <laughs> Squirrels. Man, oh, those dear. little devils. Uh, so maybe I'll talk to Paul about how I can keep the those furry pests away from the seeds. Those rodents. The yeah, that's tails. exactly what they are. You're right. I know, and they, they wreak havoc on bird feeders. So, yeah, it's nice. And even some birds wreak havoc. I've had a friend who called me, and she's having trouble with grackles taking all her, her beautiful bird seed that she's put out for the cardinals and the chickadees and all yeah. the songbirds that we love. Grackles, not so much. I saw a, a beautiful cardinal, but he didn't go to the bird feeder. I guess you were pointing out to me when I was chatting with you earlier mm-hmm. that uh, that particular bird feeder is too small for him to kind of get a perch on. Yeah, because they don't really, well, Paul can tell us for sure, but they don't really perch. I, I always think of cardinals as more of ground feeders. Uh-huh. So if you sprinkle, oh, mind you, the squirrels will come, but yeah, if you sprinkle yeah. some seed on the ground, the cardinals will land and eat it off the ground or platform. They need like a, I'm pretty sure when I've seen cardinals, they always kind of land on a platform. Yeah. Hey, here we are on the 10th of April, so people are getting really edgy about getting out and getting uh, work done, right? Hey, so, but you know what I got this week? My seeds arrived. I had placed uh, an order from Stokes for seeds. Now, it took a very long time, uh-huh. so if anybody's waiting on an order, don't, don't worry. It, it will get to you eventually. Uh, so I did get my order. So that's, that's what I've been doing. I've been getting some of my seeds started. I'm a bit behind. Things like tomatoes should have been planted maybe two weeks ago, and I'm just planting them now. But it'll be fine. I'm not too worried. I'm going to get those growing. I've got zinnias planted and basil and parsley and 
oh gosh, I can't remember what else peppers I'm going to plant. So yeah, I got I got my weekend set up for me. <laughs> okay, I just noticed the lines lighting up like crazy, and that reminds me, oh, I better yeah. get the phone, phone numbers. numbers on the air here <laughs> for folks to give you a call to ask a question or two. In uh, Toronto, you call 416-360-0740, and we'll put you in touch with Charlie. Or if you're anywhere in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Remember our little mantra, call early, call often, one question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, let Carlos, our operator, know, and he'll let me know. And before we get to the airways, yeah, you get your garden wings, you see. Okay. Uh, hey, um, I've got a couple of things just to share quickly for sure. a minute. Uh, I got a note from the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society that uh, they are having a virtual Zoom meeting on uh, April 27th. That's at 7 p.m. with Anna Leggett, and the topic is Clematis, a perfect companion for roses. Hmm. So everyone is welcome. Uh, join in. Contact for more you know, for more information to how to join into this virtual meeting. It's H B R well H B Rose Society. So that's one word. H B for Hamilton Burlington Rose Society at Simpatico.ca. Alrighty, and we have a first-time caller uh, waiting online to have a word with you, Charlie. So let's take a little break right here. Remind folks you're tuned to AM740 and, of course, in downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. Zoomer Radio, back in just a moment. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlie, let's go to the phone lines and uh, waiting online, that first-time caller... Hey, Arissa, that is just for you. Good morning. Hello. Hi, Arissa. Oh, hi. Good morning. How yep. are you? I'm fine, thank you. And you? I'm well, thank you. Enjoying this beautiful weather. Good stuff. Yeah, okay, no go, go right ahead. Charlie's tuned in. Okay, so I'm having problems with a new raised bed that I put in last year. It's about 20 inches high, and it sits along the south side of my house, so it's very sunny. And it's sitting on interlocking stone. And I filled it with triple mix. And I watered it through a drip line uh, as part of my sprinkler system. Mm -hmm. And the soil was really wet. Um, The water would just, the minute I would turn it on, um, it would pour out of the bottom. I could see all the good ingredients going out. Mm. And I had gnarly carrots. I had beets that kept losing their leaves. Um, and my tomatoes that usually are great were mediocre. Some had curly leaves, mm-hmm. had the uh, boston rot, and I need to know what to do to fix what I have in there. Okay, so here's a question, Arissa. What's at the bottom of the raised planter? What is it? Is it ground up underneath, or is there a patio underneath? No, there's interlocking patio. Yeah, that's your problem. It's a drainage. So because that water that's going into the soil is of such a quantity, and of course triple mix tends to be fairly, fairly well drained for a reason, you're ending up with the water has to go somewhere, right? So it's going out between the bricks. And of course it's taking some of that lovely triple mix with it. Um, I would suggest, you have a couple options. One is you could raise the bed a little higher, that way you could absorb more moisture into the triple mix. 
The other thing is, if it is part of your irrigation system, then it's going to be on its own zone. And so what you'll need to do is, uh, either with the help of your irrigation specialists or pulling out the manual, uh, put the uh, time, you need less time from the watering in the bed. <clears throat> so you might want to water. So often they set these things for about 20 minutes three times a night, and then they'll do it every second night, and that's obviously just too much water going in there. You don't want it soggy. So you need to get it down to, you know, 10 minutes twice a night, uh, every three or four nights kind of thing. So it's just going to partially depend on the weather because, of course, in the spring and the fall, all of our plants use less water. But in the heat of the summer, we have to bump up our irrigation a little bit. So I would fiddle with that as, a, as your first um, solution to the problem. And if, if it's still just a, an issue, then making that a little higher than 20 inches might help as well. Okay. How about if I lightened the soil with something to make it more absorbent? I don't know. Well, I mean, one thing that would make it, but you see, then it's going to be soggier, right? The more you hold that water, the soggier it's going to be. The, an excellent amendment for holding moisture is, uh, used to be peat moss, but now, and you can still get peat moss, or something called core, C-O-I-R, which is from cocoa palm trees. Uh, so you can incorporate some of that, but again, you're going to water less if you add that kind of an amendment. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for, Thanks for joining us. Uh, don't be a stranger. You're always welcome here mm. on the Garden Show. Now, Charlie, I know you have a, an email that corresponds to the one I have in front of me. Mm. Unfortunately, the email from David Mapledore, when I printed it out, it left out some very, a very important word or two. Mm. So follow along, and when I say insert, you put the word, <laughs> you put the word in there. Okay. Oh, this is great. This okay. is like great. This is I know it's crazy. <laughs> David David writes, "Hello, Charlie." Frank, always a great show on Saturday. I have a monster house being built next door, which is going to present me with a horrible view. It was a beautiful magnolia tree. I was wondering if I could plant some, insert, fast-growing trees in a small strip in the <laughs> flower bed. See, pics that I've sent along. They would get the morning sun uh, once they clear the five-foot fence. I don't mind if they're tall enough to reach the moon as long as I can block out the inevitable view. I've seen mm-hmm. some slim and uh, tall white cedars, I believe, in the area. Any suggestions would surely be appreciated. Yeah, this is a tough one. When I looked at the photographs, thank you for sending it, David. Uh, this I don't blame you for being quite upset with these changes. The monster house appears to be going up like literally inches off of David's wooden fence. Mm. So, I mean, it's an, as Lenny mentions, it's a five foot fence, nice looking fence that's uh, been there for not too long and it's a solid uh, wood fence. Then he's got what looks like it might be about 16 inches of gravel along his side of the fence and then he's got a patio. So he's talking about planting something in there that's going to go up and and give him something to look at besides that brick wall that's gone up beside him. But it's such a narrow, sort of not very happy-looking space there with all the gravel and debris. So what I would suggest, David, is fix that soil, get out any of the the gravel that's, you know, the poor soil. I'm sure it's because of that construction, it's been well trampled and and all kinds of junk has dropped in there. So get some of that crappy stuff out of there, get some good soil in there. And, and sure, white cedars are not a bad idea. They are not naturally a slim tree. 
they, but they are fairly fast growing. They are native, so they're called eastern white cedars. At this time of year, you can actually buy them bare root only in the spring. And, of course, when you buy them, you plant them the same day. So I'd be, you know, trenching that out, get some good soil in your back pocket, something simple like uh, white cedars, plant them about uh, 16 inches apart, 14 inches apart, so really bang them in there uh, at a higher quantity than you normally would, more dense, get them planted, get them watered, and then look after them, and they will grow eventually. It's just going to take some time. Um, Otherwise, you're going to buy cedars in pots, and then you're going to really struggle to get them to get growing in such a small space. The the younger the cedars, the better your chance of them being vigorous and growing quickly. Okay, just a word to Betty from North York and Gregory listening in from Hamilton. Hang on to the line there. We are expecting to uh, conference in Paul Oliver from Urban Nature Store, and... uh, have a chat about birds and all that that entails. So hang tight. We're coming back at you here on Zuma Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie Carlos has done an excellent job getting a hold of Paul Oliver, and I understand he's on the line with us right now from uh, Nature's Urban Store, Urban Nature Store, pardon me. Hey, good morning, Paul. Uh, good morning. Good to be here. Hey, good morning, Paul. Um, just, I, I made a mistake right off the top of the show. I introduced you as an associate with the Urban Nature Store, but you're actually the founder. Uh, yes, I started the uh, company up, but uh, we all work as one big team at the Urban Nature Store. So uh, we're all uh, um, experts and very helpful. Nice. And you've got a number of actual retail outlets, do you not? Uh, yes, we've got actually seven stores mm-hmm. from uh, Niagara to Kingston. Wow, very cool. But of course, unfortunately, with this lockdown, I imagine you're only doing online and curbside right now? Yes. Yeah, um, so people can place orders by online for store pickup. Um, they can also call any store directly for uh, pickup, and then we're also shipping to everywhere in Canada. Cool. And you've got a lot of great-looking stuff. Um, all right, so maybe we'll let Frank go first. Frank, let's see if Paul can solve your problem. <laughs> <laughs> I've recently put up a, a bird feeder, Paul, and uh, the birds, have they arrived actually quite quickly in about two, three days. But following the birds, the squirrels, those little rats, uh, literally, uh, <laughs> they're, they're climbing up the darn thing and, and, and raiding the, the seeds. Uh, anything I can do to, to stop them from doing that? Well, there are a couple of things to do. Uh, one would actually just be put a, a, a baffle on the pole or a hanging baffle, depending on how the feeder is mounted. Okay. Um, there's also a really good line of bird feeders that is the squirrel buster line that actually are weight based that actually close when the squirrel gets on it. Oh. So the birds can feed, but the uh, squirrels don't. Uh, but the other thing a lot of people do will they'll actually use safflower in their seed. Um, safflower is one that most birds will eat, but it uh, is a bitter taste on the shell that the squirrels don't like. Ah, very good. Charlie had suggested actually use some Vaseline on the uh, support pole and uh, have the little little slide right down. (laughs) And and some people also find just putting out another food source that's a bit easier Mm -hmm. for the squirrels, um, that they'll go to that rather than to the theater. Mm Mm-hmm. 
You know, I want to give a heads up to folks listening in uh, to you, Paul, right now. That very short order, you're going to be giving out a a magic word that they have to know, because you you can actually go to urbannaturestore.ca, check it out, and you'll see a secret code there. And uh, uh, Paul's going to uh, award you a $10 gift certificate when he... Uh, unleashes that magic <laughs> word. So just to make sure you know where to go to uh, get entered for that. Okay. Yeah, it's just yeah. on the website there, it's the top right corner, it says enter secret code. Yes, and then we will send everyone, all your listeners, a $10 uh, gift card that they can use in-store, online, or for curbside pickup. Okay, urbannaturestore.ca is where you head, folks. And uh, toward the end of the uh, interview here, that you'll uh, unleash that? Magic word? Well, yeah, don't will. tell anybody. Don't, don't. They have to oh, listen yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, is safflower seed seems like a pretty good bird food in a sense. If squirrels find it bitter, and I think you told me, Paul, that grackles don't eat safflower. Yeah, that's what, one of the most common questions we have is how to keep grackles, and you don't normally get one grackle, you get a whole gang mm-hmm. of grackles showing up. Yep. And so, what a lot of people will do is they'll switch over for a few days to safflower. The chickadees and the finches will continue to eat it. It's not their most favorite food, but it, it's a, it, they'll still eat it. Whereas mm-hmm. grackles, with their very pointy, long beaks, find it very hard to open the shell. Mm-hmm. And as a result, um, they actually very quickly learn, oh, there's got to be a better food source somewhere else. And so the gang leaves, and then you can either continue with the safflower or switch back to your normal seed. Mm-hmm. Good ideas. And, and when... Um Frank mentioned that he's not getting cardinals at his feeder. He's got one of those tubular feeders with the little perches coming off yep. the side. And, and cardinals can't, can't eat out of those feeders, can they? Yeah, uh, cardinals are one of the unique birds in that they can actually eat out of feeder, but they actually have to have a perch that's curved so that they forward feed. Right. They can't do the twist like uh, finches and chickadees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they look, land and they forward feed. So a hopper is good for them. Or you'll see a lot of new style feeders that have a curved perch, and that allows them to forward feed. Um, what I actually do in my backyard is I actually have a platform feeder that's open, and I just put safflower in it. And safflower is one of their favorite foods. And so what I found was that my cardinal would land at my feeder. Two noisy little chickadees would show up and scare him away. He's, he's a big bird, but he's a timid bird. Yeah. And so what I wanted to do is make sure that he had his own feeding area and that a platform feeder with safflower works perfect for him. Mm-hmm. You need one of those, Frank. Yeah, I guess I do. Get on that Urban Nature store, get yourself a $10 gift certificate and get buying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering, Paul, with all the myriad of products that you have available at Urban Nature store, is there anything like brand new that is a, a big seller that, that folks should know about? Um, last year, the really popular feeders were Orioles, um, because we have so many more Orioles coming now to Ontario and north of Lake Ontario. Um, I guess it's probably, if, if I can say it, it's probably the only real benefit of global warming um, is that we actually get more birds migrating further north into Canada. Um, so Oriole feeders were extremely, extremely popular last year, lots of new styles of them. Uh, but what we're actually getting a lot of people asking about now are hummingbird feeders because the hummers are on their way back. 
They want to get them out there early. They started feeding last year during the lockdown, and now they want to expand their activities to include Orioles and hummingbirds and things like that. Okay. Mm. That's cool. I Yeah, I know. I've seen people here. Like, I now live in Prince Edward County, Paul. Last time we had you on the show, I was in Richmond Hill. But it's a whole different world here, like all much more birds, obviously. And um, visiting here in the last few summers, people put out half oranges, like fresh oranges, and they kind of jam them all over there in the trees and stuff. And the Orioles come like crazy for that. But what else do people feed Orioles? Um, well, you, you can actually feed uh, sugar water the same as uh, what hummingbirds will eat, uh, Orioles will eat. Um, any type of fruit or uh, oranges, because of their high moisture content, are very popular. And the other thing a lot of people put out for them is actually jelly jam. Oh, um, I just saw that on your website. Easy over jelly. Uh, and that's on your website. I just saw that. Yes. Yeah, we have uh, one that's specific for Orioles. And then we also have a number of unique feeders, even one that you can attach right to a jelly jar, and the <laughs> Oriole feeds right out of the jar for it. Wow. I love birds. And, and you know, I... Frank made me giggle because he said, oh, I put up my feeder and no birds came. And I said, when did you put it up? He said, well, like yesterday. And I was like, Frank, I put up feeders back at Thanksgiving, and I didn't see any birds until Christmas. So it did take them a while to find my feeders. But now that they found them, they are flocking in. And, of course, it is. Finches and chickadees by far is the most. Gee, there was an article recently, folks, that uh, said just the sound of birds makes people feel much, much better. It's a very positive mm. thing that, that helps. And, well, with this pandemic going on, we need all the help we can get. I agree. It makes me smile when I hear yeah. all those singing birds. They're so loud, eh? The robins have just been just like, oh, amazingly loud. <laughs> well, what, what more relaxing is there than sitting out in your backyard, having tuning out all the noise, and just listening to the birds, the, no- uh, the sounds that the birds are having, making, sip, sipping a little tea or even maybe a little go for a little glass of wine and sit out there mm. and just decompress and just relax. And it is such a great hobby to do that. Yeah. Paul, is there such a, a, a oh, let's say, a download that you can get that would give you bird sound so you could learn to identify <laughs> oh, the, yeah. the, the birds? Yeah, there's there are several different ones. The, um, the Stoke uh, husband and wife team, they have a great uh, CD one for mm-hmm. bird identification, as well as the Peterson uh, guides have an electronic mm-hmm. version, a CD uh, um, version that you can actually uh, listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of people find the CDs are good because they can actually just start and stop it and listen to it. And, and what they do is they actually try to teach you to listen or equate words to what the sound is so you can identify it when you're out walking easier. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting idea because I never know by the sound what birds are which. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's a talent that people develop. Uh, we used to have a young lad that worked for us that he could identify a sound from a mile away, and he knew exactly what it was, but he was just an avid birder, and he had been doing that since he was about three years old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a, that's a definitely a learned skill. So yes. when I think about feeding birds, I think about two other things, housing them and water. <clears throat> Water's super important, right? We need water when we have feeders. Yeah, and a lot, that's one of the areas a lot of people forget about. You know, during the wintertime, um, they need water. But throughout the year, they need water. And a lot of people say, oh, there's a river close by or a stream or that. In many cases, it's just too fast moving for the, for the birds. So we encourage people to put out a bird bath or even a hanging waterer um, that actually just sways a little bit to keep the water fresh. 
The one hint that I would encourage people if they're putting out a bird bath and it's fairly deep or it's slippery is at this time of the year, fill half of the bird bath with river stones or stones or pebbles mm-hmm. so that the baby birds don't get in too deep a water. Right. Gee, I'm glad yeah. you mentioned the water thing because that's one thing I forgot entirely to do. There's a, a little bowl is attached to the bird feeder that I oh. hadn't put any water in. So first oh. thing I'm going to do is, yeah. is water the darn bird feeder when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I put for a, nesting, I put a, nesting material, just putting out a, mm-hmm. a, a house, what we try to do is keep it simple and basic. Um, and chances of uh, it being used right away takes a little bit of time putting out some nesting material to help uh, the mommy birds mm-hmm. uh, the other thing i actually encourage at this time to really help the mommy birds is if uh, people eat eggs just take the egg shells pop them in the oven for about 15 minutes 350 degrees just to kill anything uh, um, on it and then crunch them up and put them in the bird feeder and the bir- mommy birds will actually peck away and eat some of those um, you don't need to grind it up just uh, the uh, shells in there and that gives them extra calcium, and that just helps make their eggs no, a bit stronger and hardier. Very good. Yeah. Good idea. So, so they they crunch. I guess they end up eating a bit of that crunched yeah, up eggshell. No. It's 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 like a it, they'll eat a, a little bit of it, uh, and they'll mm-hmm. just, uh, take little bits off of it. But it just gives mm-hmm. them that extra calcium that's helpful. It's like a supplement. So you mentioned bedding material. So I, I'm outside brushing my cat at this time of year, and I'm getting a lot of cat fur. Do birds ever use things like cat fur as bedding material? Yeah, they'll use cat, and they'll definitely use dog fur, which is generally a bit longer for that. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing we uh, – and so they'll use any of those natural fibers or hairs of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing we don't recommend for uh, putting out for nesting material is the lint from your dryer. Oh, right. A lot of people did have done that in the past, but what you're getting is a lot of chemicals on that, fabric softeners, things like that. Right. Um, and that's not good for the baby birds. Um, mm. But just any of the any natural fibers out there um, that uh, you can put out, uh, the birds will just peck away and use what they like. Yeah, and even the grass that we're, we're raking up out of our lawns right now is kind of perfect, isn't it? Yeah, and, and one of the things I often say is even if you have a little, uh, if you've got a bit of grass or shrubs or bushes uh, that you've pruned, is even keep them in a little corner where some of the insects will have a, a nesting area for them. Right. Those insects are important for the birds. That's right. So we set up a little, it's called wildlife support, right? It's where we're, exactly. we're, we're doing the whole cycle thing where it's not just the birds, but it's also, you know, everything around them and, and around us and the whole environment. So that, that is a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to look into this jelly jam. This sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, the, the one thing is the Oriole feeders you'll want to have up in a couple of weeks. Um, you'll want to actually put your uh, hummingbird feeder up fairly shortly. I just checked the migratory map, and they're on their way back. The, there have been sightings as uh, far north as Pennsylvania and Michigan, so oh. we'll be getting them fairly shortly. And you want to get them out early because they go back to the same feeding spot. Uh, and if they don't find their feeder there, they'll look for um, a, a feeder close by, and that's actually how you steal your neighbor's uh, hummingbird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I haven't yet put out a hummingbird feeder here where I live, but I did have a bunch of red red begonias <laughs> last year, and I saw a lot of hummingbirds very interested in my begonias. So yeah. I think you're right. It's time to get that, you know, unpack that hummingbird feeder and get it out there. Yeah, down in your area, there are a lot of hummingbirds. My mother is over in the Napanee area, and she has dozens of them that come to her flower beds there. She's 
a magnet for hummingbirds. Excellent. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, yeah, it's something I, you know, I, I ne- birds never really were in my, my, my worldview up until about the last 10 years. And all of a sudden now I'm just a sucker. I sit in the window watching the birds, pulling out my, my um, binoculars, trying to identify what they are. I, I saw a bluebird the other day. I'm sure it was a bluebird. So I've put up a bluebird house, hoping that maybe a bluebird family will move on to my property. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. It's, it's actually really fun. Well, a lot, of, a lot of people have come to that same conclusion, even this last year. They're working at home they're, mm-hmm. during the lockdown. They're looking out their back window uh, during the day. They're seeing all the birds, and they've taken up uh, birding as a hobby uh, that supplements and breaks up their day at home and provides them a way to sort of relax and engage with uh, nature in their backyard. Charlie, we're approaching our next break here, so maybe oh. it would be a good time to explain to folks how they can get a $10 gift certificate for the Urban Nature Store. Well, Paul's going to have to make the big announcement, but yeah. he does have a secret, secret code that he's yeah. going to share with all the listeners right now. And all you need to do is go to the urbannaturestore.ca, top right corner, enter the secret code, and Paul and his staff will mail you a $10 gift certificate just for listening and responding and checking out their website. Okay, yeah. what so is the magic word? If you go to the word? website, urbannaturestore.ca, as uh, Charlie said, top right-hand corner, you click on the secret code, and you enter the secret code is BlueJay. Ah, BlueJay Blue is the secret code. And then you, we will email you right away a $10 gift card uh, that you can use online, in-store, or for curbside pickup. Gee, that's terrific. Sweet. Yeah. Um, just before we let you go, Paul, I noticed there's something called, it's called the Toronto Bird Celebration. Do you have anything to do with that? It's, it's a, something to do with, you know, they've got all kinds of events, most of it's virtual. Yes, yes the city, city does that, and they normally did it up until last year with uh, quite a few little festivals down at Tommy Thompson Park and in South Etobicoke. Um, with tours and things like that. I'm not sure what the plans are going to be for this year because of the uh, restrictions that are still in place. Uh They're doing different things online. Um, Hopefully by next year they'll get back to the live uh, component of it and uh, the tours and the um, um, a lot of things focused on kids and uh, families uh, to get them engaged in understanding birding. Yeah, but it, it does say that there's um there is an, an event schedule now posted online. So if anybody's interested, Toronto Bird Celebration, all one word, dot ca, and it it's really the idea of being supportive of our urban birds, not just our rural birds, and recognizing how we can help them, uh, you know, be, support them and, and help them keep flying and keep. Uh, doing their thing and singing and waking us up at 5 in the morning. <laughs> Paul, I want to thank you very much on behalf of Charlie and myself to uh, thank you for coming on the show. A lot of interesting information there. Yeah. And folks, check things out at urbannaturestore.ca. And remember, that secret code, Blue Jay. Good luck to all of you <laughs> to get that $10 gift certificate. Thank you, uh, Paul. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Thanks a bunch. Take it easy. Happy birding. Just a word to Betty in North York. We're coming at you in just a couple of moments. Betty, thanks for hanging in. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, let's thank Betty for being so patient to hang on that line from North York all this while. Good morning, Betty. Welcome to the show. Oh, good morning. Hi, Frank and, and Charlie. Good morning. I enjoy your program immensely. Now, my problem. 
We live on a corner. Many years ago, my husband planted uh, a privet hedge, which runs right down the, the driveway and along the street. Uh, it's about five feet tall. It's been a lot of work, but it has provided us with the privacy that mm-hmm. we need living on a corner. Mm-hmm. Now, last summer, when the trash collectors came to pick up our recycle bin, and it's the largest and therefore large and heavy, they just tossed it, and it ended up right at the right angle of the hedge, and uh, it was firmly lodged right in the center. Mm-hmm. We had difficulty getting it out. And, however, when we did get it out to our dismay, Several of the branches were broken off right at the base, um, and um, we carefully cleaned it up, and there, there were a couple of branches that seemed to be hanging on. So we, we, we staked them, mm-hmm. we looked after them all summer, and uh, however, uh, when we looked at them this spring, they're dead. So we have this giant oh. gaping oh. hole now in our hedge. Right at the right angle. Now, my question is, to if we buy new plants, would we would have to dig down fairly deep, wouldn't we, to, to plant the new plants? Would there be tiny little plant, uh, privet plants that we could plant that we wouldn't have to dig so deeply? Because if we dig, we're going to disrupt the roots of the other oh, plants. Oh, yeah. So, help, what do we do? Okay. So, no, it's a very good question. You know what I would do, which is easier than any of the things you just suggested? Privet are wonderful plants that respond very well to a rejuvenation pruning. What I would do, instead of trying to fill in that hole with some little plants and waiting for them to grow up, I would get out my loppers, and I'd get outside, and I would take the entire hedge down to the lowest common denominator. So if you're broken... If your hole is only, you know, where the broken um, stems happened is, say, six inches off the ground, believe it or not, I would take the entire hedge down to six inches tall, and you will be absolutely shocked at how quickly every, the entire hedge will grow back up again. Mm-hmm. It'll be fresh, it'll be new, it'll be just like brand new plants, because you'll get rid of all that old woody growth, because, you know, over the years, you do get some pretty big stems in there, and, you know, just you lose some of the dense leaves because the, you know, there's so much woody uh, branches in there and the sun can't get through and the air can't get through. So taking the whole thing right down, you know, pick a, pick a, a level, a foot high or whatever the level is and just take the whole thing down, add a little compost around the base of the, the shrubs while you're doing that so that you're feeding the soil because the soil gets depleted after all these years. And, um, and like I said, you'd be, you'll be shocked at how quickly you're back to a five-foot hedge. Like right, right where it broke off, the, the root of that plant is gone completely. Oh, I see. So, you, so that plant is actually completely dead. It's gone, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, at this time of year, you should be able to find privet in small pots. The smallest pot you get is probably a one-gallon, or maybe you might have to get a two-gallon pot. But that's still only about eight inches across and eight inches tall. So that's but, the size oh, of the pot. How deep would I have to, to dig the hole to, to plant that? You'll have to plant any plants that are going in our gardens now out of pots. We make sure that the level they're growing in the in the pot is the level we level put them it. in the garden. Yes, I see. I see. Okay. I see. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. good luck with that, well, Betty. Thank you very yeah. much. Okay. Okay. Good luck.
All right, thank you. I'm going to deal with an email here sent in by uh, Tony and Judy Civello, uh, uh, and it was about their lawn. They moved mm-hmm. into their house three years ago. Lawn apparently full of lumps in most, and and they you know had the lawn rolled last year, heavy roller. It made it better, but still not acceptable. I know you're not a fan of that kind of treatment to the lawn. But is there anything they can do? Because they've, they've checked for grubs, couldn't find anything, etc. So they're wondering if they should add more soil, bring the level to the top of the lumps, or fill mm-hmm. the whole thing over. Okay. So, and they also said in this email that um, after this heavy roller went through, it made it better, but still not acceptable. Yeah, right. The middle of the lawn is a little smoother, but no grass growing on it. All right. So here's what you've got to do, Tony and Judy. Both of you, right now, put on your gloves. Grab rakes, get outside, and start raking that lawn. Get all the dead stuff out. You know, you can see there's a lot of last year's flattened yellow grass. So you got to give a, a good, stiff, you know, it's a fan rake that we use this time of year, but it's a, it's a vigorous raking. Get all that brown and yellow stuff out of there, and, and now you're going to start seeing what's, what's going on. No rollers allowed. Keep the rollers right off your property. You can call up a local lawn maintenance company and ask them to come and aerate your lawn. So it's called core aerating. So C-O-R-E, core, meaning they're going to actually use a machine that's going to withdraw little cores of soil out of your your lawn. And it's going to look like some small dogs were having a wild party because there's going to be all these little bits of of cores of soil on the surface of your lawn after they've gone through with their aeration machine. And the soil should be moist when they do that. Uh, So you might even be too dry right now with all this hot weather we've been having. But try and have it happen when your soil is not wet and not dry but moist. So a really thorough aeration first. Then you get out and get your, your bring in your soil. So you can use a lawn top dresser, which would be a soil mix that's really designed for lawns, or just any old good quality topsoil works as well. And again, you're going to sprinkle that all over the place. You're going to rake it. You're going to fill in the holes. You're going to you know try and make it as smooth as you possibly can. Uh, then you're going to broadcast some good quality grass seed. And again, you're going to rake it lightly. And then you're going to wait for the rain. And this is the time to do it. Now, when we should have rain uh, coming soon, <laughs> I think in the forecast we do see some rain coming this week. So if you can get it and do that this weekend, then you will be in good shape. But try and avoid the rollers. The rollers compact the soil and actually make it very difficult for any, any plants to grow. Plants need air at their roots. And the only way they can get air is when there's, the soil is open enough for air to get down into the soil and to their roots. Once we compact the soil, whether we're playing on it like a playground or we're rolling it with rollers, we make it absolutely impossible for the lawn to thrive. Okay. Uh, very quickly, um, last week we had a little bit of a problem. We had uh, Gregory on, online from Hamilton, and some gremlins got involved. We kept losing this call, but he's back, so okay. we'll have him back on the show in just a moment, or to the show for the first time in just a couple of moments here on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Charlie, let's welcome Gregory from Hamilton to the line. Good morning, Gregory. Oh, 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 I'm fighting. 
fighting off the gremlins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Gregory. <laughs> Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Um, the question that I have is, uh, I have a two Amber Jubilees that are facing a southward window. Put them in about four years ago. Charlie, I would like to know, when can I prune them? Amber Jubilee is a hydrate. No, is a... It's nine, a nine bark. Nine bark. Faisal Corpus. Amber Jubilee, when do you prune it? Well, good question. Um... They bloom in the spring, late spring, very pretty. Uh, what, uh, but generally speaking, what, I would prune them in the spring. Like I'd prune them now, early spring. Because you okay. can see what's going on. You can see where you've got branches that are crisscrossing or branches that are, you know, rubbing on each other, damaging each other, growing into the center. Um, nine bark tends to be a pretty dense, bushy shrub if left alone. So I'd really look at it now before the leaves are on it and, and remove some of that inside growth and encourage the growth to the outside. Uh, they will get to be good-sized plants, right? They want to be four, five feet tall and wide. You can't get around that. And they tend to be a, of a round shape. But try not to do like a shearing. People love shearing their shrubs. Don't do that. They're not poodles. No shearing allowed. Really get out your pruners and look and look at the framework of that shrub and support it to be what it should be. There's old bark and new bark, and now what I've noticed is that the, the, the leaves are, no, the, the flowers are coming off of the new bark. Am I to take away this old um, sort of triangle, scrangly bark, the <laughs> old bark? Well, you're right. The flowers are always going to form on the newest, um, uh, the newest growth. So that's last year's new growth is where you're going to see uh, your flowers. Um, yeah, so you said three or four years ago. Have you got a couple of branches or stems that come from the bottom and they're particularly old and thick and, you know, gray, barky sort of? Definitely, of definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at them right now through the front window. And yes, yes, uh, more so. So you're telling me take more from the middle. They're all That's around. Right. But take That's more right. so exactly. Don't be just taking off your tips. That's what we okay. call shearing. So avoid that at all costs. Get down. You have to get out your loppers and get right down and take some, uh, a big old branch, big old you know stem from ground level. That's okay. That will okay. encourage new growth and lots more flowers next year. Lovely, Charlie and Frank. Okay. Have a great weekend. Hey, thank, thank you. you very much, Thanks. Gregory. Thanks for calling. Nice to have you on the show. And oh, uh, there, there was a we had a first time caller uh, hanging on the line there from just around the corner here in Toronto, possibly Anna. Oh but you know what? We're fresh Look, out of time, or will be. What happened? So well, what we're going to do is uh, uh, Carlos has uh, contacted Anna. We got her mm-hmm. phone number. She will be the first caller on the show next week. So uh, that first-time caller situation, I can't wait to ring the bell for you, Anna. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, Charlie, we've got about a minute left here. Oh, wow. Wow. I can't believe that. That's the fastest hour I've ever lived through. That that went like speedy. I'll tell you. Yeah. We'll be hailed down by the OPP in moments, I'm sure. (laughs) But I, I just think we're pretty excited. You know, spring is in the air. It's a beautiful day. We're all talking about what we love, which is life, right? We're talking about plants and Spring and bulbs and, you know, lawns and birds, and it's all very cool. It's just, this is my favorite time of year. Well, I know that the uh, Dave's Corner Garage guys are all primed up and set to get uh, the engines turned on. And, ready. <laughs> and I, I, You know, I honest to God, I listen to these guys on my way home every every week on, on Saturdays. They have a tremendous show. And what a hoot. And you don't have to know anything about cars. Exactly. They know a lot about cars. I know that for sure. That's for sure. But just be careful they don't run you over with with all their enthusiasm. (laughs) 
<laughs> Charlie, thank you. Enjoy your uh, next week coming up out there in Prince Edward County. You've got a will. gorgeous weekend so far, anyway. Yes, we do. We got a brand new lawnmower too, so you know what we're doing today. Oh, lovely! <laughs> Good luck on that, Elliot. Thanks. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Carlos. Couldn't do any of this without you two guys. So it's it's been a really it's been fun. And of course, thank you to our callers and our emailers. Keep it all coming. I think it's c. Dobbin at mzmedia.com for emails. And otherwise, listen in to Frank and I on the Garden Show next Saturday. See y'all then. See y'all then. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.